Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that loves a good vague pronoun my name is greg d and i'm jimmy's mcgee and on today's episode we're putting on our dancing shoes and cutting a rug with pennywise the clown as we talk andre muschietti's it but before we get into that let me remind you we're part of the phenomenally frightening phantom podcast network phantom and you can find all of our past episodes along with a host of other horror a host of other horror <laughs> podcasts uh, over at downrightcreepy.com. Or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your float hole. <laughs> and before we see if we all float down here, <laughs> uh, the Kansas City Horror Club here yes. in the month of October. Yes. Uh, this episode is going to be released on September 29th. So tomorrow is Horror at the Drive-In, where we're showing Monster Squad and the original Halloween with the swap and shot before it. So fucking stoked! I'm so excited. I've seen some of the shit that the, the, they're bringing. The vendors, the vendors are bringing some good stuff, and so I'm excited. And the movies, of course, of course. And then the uh, so it starts opening. It opens at doors at five. five. Okay, Excellent. doors at five, and it's the vendors are going to be open until throughout Monster Squad because it's all going to be by mm-hmm. the building by the snack bar, awesome. and it's going to go all the way through intermission. And then as soon as intermission hits. Vendors are done, and then we enjoy Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna, and if 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 it's gonna, if it's the weather's gonna be like tonight, it'll be perfect. Ah, oh, you're be gonna great. have that nice crisp that you need yes. for a screening of Halloween. Uh-huh. No, I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. it. Uh, and then that next Saturday, yep. Kansas City Horror Club again. Uh huh. Monsters Ball Prohibition Hall. It's gonna be uh, doors. I have to double check on the doors, but we have four different bands. We got Counterfeit, Automatic, Vibralux, and Full Metal. Z. There's going to be costume contests, raffles, and we're raising money for the walking and rolling organization costumes. So they do all this cool stuff for free. So definitely check them out. Show them some love and come on down because they're getting a chunk of the door. We're going to have like a 50-50 raffle, shit like that. So it's always a good time. And the fact that you have all these metal bands on the bill, it's appropriate because the title of the Monsters Ball is what? Dream Warriors. It's going to be great. And then honestly, then the month of October really kicks off. And so much. So check out uh, Shocktober with Screenland (coughs) through Screenland Armor and Tapcade. Absolutely. Because we've got a couple of fun things planned for you. We do. And uh, starting on October 16th, our 10th Monday Mystery Movie Night of the Year. Yep. Uh, on October 16th, it's going to be, it's basically what we do with Nerds and Nostalgia. We record once a month live uh-huh. now at Tapcade. Yep. And we don't mention it here too often, but of course, the month of October, our mystery movie night film is going to be a horror film. Absolutely. And it's going to be very uh, squiddly diddly uh, body swapping. It is. It's a, it's a body swept swapping film from 87. That's all mm-hmm. we'll say. That's the, that's the theme. That's it, the theme. Show so. up. And then of course we record a live episode of the podcast afterward. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to want to know what you have to say about that movie. This is an so. underrated <laughs> just cult classic that I guarantee a lot of people are going to be exposed to for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the timing 
timing is appropriate given it's it's <laughs> yeah. you know it's 30 years in existence it's fantastic and then on October 20th Yes, we're, doing, we're doing the triple feature Nerdoween. Yes, our third annual, as uh-huh. it is. Yeah. And so we, we celebrate with three horror movies. Mm-hmm. Of course, you don't know what they are until you show up. Right. But we always give the theme out. And what is the theme this year? This this year, you are going to get more bang for your buck. Instead of one movie, we're showing like a plethora of mini movies in anthology form. So you get three horror anthologies. Mm-hmm. This is going to be Friday night. It's going to start at six o'clock, and mm-hmm. we're going until we are done. Yep. Uh, it's going to be. A, there's going to have a costume contest. So please dress appropriately. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I might break out the. Um, oh my goodness! Uh, from Night of the Demons. Um, trash. Uh, not nah, trash. No, not uh, trash. Yeah, no. That's very. We're a little Return of the Living Dead act. That would be a very different costume. I would probably need to start doing some like kegels actually, just in terms of make sure I'm in the appropriate shape. He's doing. Doing it again. <laughs> You're at that top of the bar where we sit at Tapcade, just dancing on the thing. Look, and I got like two little as long as you glow break sticks out. and like like mini flares. And like, <laughs> we want to bring people to the theater. We want to make sure because I'm afraid if we promote that, no one's going to show up. It'll be a very lonely marathon. But you get the idea. We are going to have yeah. a lot of a lot of fun with that one. Mm-hmm. And then October 25th, a Wednesday night at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. This is one. I'm really excited yeah, for. I'm excited for you being excited too, because right? I know what's going on. So and so, yeah. No, if you uh, heard about it, Adam Green secretly filmed and released a brand new Hatchet film, mm-hmm. Victor Crowley, and he released, he unleashed it on Fright Fest, and he's doing a Rolling Road tour, and we happen to be on the tour. Yes. So at Screenland Armor on October 25th, guys, Adam Green will be in attendance, mm-hmm. screening Victor Crowley, and then doing a Q&A afterwards. Yep, it's going to be so much fun. It's, there's... I uh, cannot wait. I, that, that is on my fantasticness list. You know, that's, I'm, I'm stoked. And there's something really about the energy of a crowd like that as uh-huh. well that's just infectious. So come and check that out and just check out Shocktober in general, Screenland, Armor, and Tapcade. There is mm-hmm. so many great horror films, events coming up that you will be plenty entertained. Yes. Plenty. <laughs> plenty. <laughs> well, speaking of entertaining here, um, and before we really get into our review of It, I kind of wanted to get your background in terms of Stephen King, mm-hmm. your your history with him, because growing up in the 80s, mm-hmm. and honestly, especially before the internet, Stephen King was a pop culture behemoth. Yeah, he, he was... Even as a young child, I knew of Stephen King. Your grandma knew Stephen King. Yeah, everybody Every... knows. The, like he's the horror equivalent of The Simpsons. Even if you, do, even if you're not a fan, even if you're not a fan of The Simpsons or Stephen King, you know they're yellow. You, you know, you know you, Bart. You know Homer. And you know some crazy shit happens in both of them. Yes, you know so. shenanigans abound. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and that's the interesting thing is he really was everywhere. Yeah. The fact that my mom. Read Stephen King. That's actually mm-hmm. how I was initially exposed. Uh, in the middle school library, you were finally you finally got access to some Stephen King mm-hmm. because he always read very much like I always felt like an adult when I finished something by Stephen. Partially because they were just so goddamn long. Yeah, I mean you were hauling around something you could use as a weapon. Do you remember your first Stephen King book? Yes. What was it? Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. How old? 
Uh, I was in middle school, uh-huh. so I was probably anywhere from 11 to 13. Yeah? Oh, yeah, no. Right now, and it was really funny because Salem's Lot is still one of my favorite Stephen King stories. Um, and the fact that, that Toby Hooper got to do the the adaptation was great. But there was something about, again, just it, that he, attra- he was approaching the vampire lore. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing with Stephen King is he definitely has approached many genres. And this oh, yeah. is the first one I remember of being something exclusively that I was familiar with in mm-hmm. terms of... I knew vampires, I knew zombies, I knew creepy crawlies and so forth, so I was immediately attracted to that one. And no, it stuck with me, but I think my favorite one, though, was reading Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And again, in terms of the adultness of the book, there's a there's a passage in there where um, she gives him a hand job in the bathtub. And I remember reading, and I and exactly, I kind of giggled, because I was all of a, I giggle now. Right. <laughs> but I remember reading that, I was like, and but it was such a... And now looking back at it and looking at the, they're so just adult. They are adult they're moments. They're very adult things. But it's you can't really have that perspective until you reread it when you are older. Yeah. And that's the best thing about revisiting a lot of his work because you we were initially like, what was your first king? My first king, I was about ten or eleven years old, and it was Cycle of the Werewolf. Oh, so you got the illustrated little novella with uh, uh-huh. Ernie. Um, Oh goodness! I, f- I forgot the name, but, the, but it was the it was the drawings mm-hmm. and the story, and I remember like this is dark, and like this is my first exposure, and it was firstly because it was the only, the only one because I knew of Stephen King, and I wasn't that big a reader. I'm still not, but <laughs> I, but it was the one with pictures, right? And I would just and I would be able to cycle through it. I read that thing like in a day and I was like oh this is crazy and then Silver Bullet comes along piss on the Yankees you know just and it's so great um my favorite though I would have to say um it would be a toss-up between Misery because that's the one that I've read twice and it would be this or the stand the stand when after I read that not only was I I just blown away by the story but the fact that I felt accomplished because that thing the stand is enormous. It's a tome. Yes. It's like reading Infinite Jest with all mm-hmm. the footnotes and everything. You do feel accomplished. I yeah. actually did that one summer. I had to, I made myself read uh, Dostoevsky's The Brother Kar- Karamazov. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to get through that. And I did. And it was a great read, actually. So I, But I felt accomplished. And, right. But with Stephen King, you got... The, you got the, some good stuff. You got, you got some crazy Stephen good King stuff. never had he never hesitated to kill off children. Right. And that was the one thing that was always unsettling in his work. Kids, no one was pets, safe. N- and family members, everybody. You, you know, I mean, you, you you could die in a Stephen King book and not even know it. You know, you're from the perspective. The crazy shit goes down. That's what I and well, he was his characters were just so real. Yeah. And that's what I and just the, the detail he and also he opened all of his books so well. But probably the biggest complaint that people have is the finishers. You know, he sometimes have a pro- he has an issue finishing. With yeah, some of well, no, we all sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I've always loved that. In fact, I remember when uh, Donnie Darko came out. Um, there's that shot where Donnie's coming home and, during the intro of the film, and it pans off, and you see his mom. She's reading it. Yeah, Stephen King's. I mean, every it was everywhere. Uh-huh. It was you didn't need the internet then. I mean, and people read a lot back then. And Stephen King's name and meant something. It meant something. It still does. I mean, Stephen King. If if he's like, I like this movie, then like I'll go check it out. Case Stephen in King point, seal of approval. The Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. 
the most originally frightened, like ferociously original, frightening film ever. Something along those lines, like, oh my god. Anytime it's like, this movie was great, Stephen King. And like, okay, so cool, cool, done. Yeah. I got it. Uh, and then, like you also mentioned, there were a lot of movie adaptations as well that came along with Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Some better than others. <laughs> yeah. But his work, it's. Do you think it's easy to adapt? I think so. Okay. I think that at least the themes, the bare bones of it are, because there's some that have gone off the rails, but the, but some that are faithful, you know, and some that have been improved. Certainly. Yeah. And that's very rare, because if you also look at his work, a lot of people forget the fact that he writes under a pseudonym mm-hmm. of Richard, Richard Bachman. Bachman. Mm-hmm. And Clap if you love Dynamo. Exactly. The Running Man, uh-huh. based off of a Richard Bachman short story. Mm-hmm. And that also introduced, like, the Shawshank Redemption. Yep. Uh, the Rage was mm-hmm. in there too, I the believe. The Green Mile. Uh-huh. There's a number of other f- adaptations that people that King has done that people are like, oh yeah, that's I forgot that's Stephen King. Right. Stand by me. I mean, like, oh. I mean, that's one like, oh yeah. And that yeah. just kind of shows you the talent that he had in mm-hmm. terms of because he could go outside the horror genre. Absolutely. And he could do fantasy. He could do. I did he ever do anything like sci-fi based or science fiction? Mm, no. I mean, if you count like dimensions, you okay. know, like okay. like if you count like hopping through dimensions right. and in dimension hopping, and that and would be like that. in like the Dark Tower series, Dark Tower, theor- Pennywise, That's you know, very true. so I okay. mean, theoretically, yeah. Okay. So well, there's a nice transition to Pennywise here in terms of your history with it, mm-hmm. the book, mm-hmm. the miniseries. How does that intertwine with genius? I remember watching the miniseries. Uh, glued to my tv and just loving it the book i have read um but not completely you know i've mm-hmm. like a couple Bit. of chapters a couple of years have a little more there and let's see where i left and, off because it is another one that yeah. is a tome yeah so overall i probably read the complete book just not in necessarily order but i remember seeing the movie vividly so do you so you were there on abc mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely i'm watching the clown show what? I'm watching the clown movie. Is it scary? Yep. <laughs> uh, you can watch it. All right, cool. <laughs> and then, boom, uh-huh. instantly a fan. Hi, Georgie. Yes. I think that might have even been my... It would either be Legend or um, It, my first introduction into uh, Tim Curry. Really? Yeah. That's a quite... My God, that's a crazy introduction just in terms of... Yeah. All yeah. presence, uh-huh. none of the actual curry, <laughs> so to speak, so to speak. <laughs> Just a little bit of curry no, that's, really to make the dish. You know what? A little it's curry a goes a long way. It does. Well, makes that's the, the dish. the beauty of Tim Curry is mm-hmm. he's the guy that can be just the smallest part of a movie and right. be the best part. Well, for example, look at look at Legend and look at uh, It, you know? What's, who the, 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 you're going to say the Tom Cruise fantasy movie? Nobody fucking knows what that is. But if you say where well, Tim Curry's the devil, I know exactly what you're talking about. Same thing. Yeah, which one? Which one? Tim Curry one. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, cool, 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 cool. You know. So. Well, he commands a performance, and I guess mm-hmm. we can. Do, let's go ahead and just start off then in terms of our talk on the recent uh, release here, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's done so well. It's now bas- It's basically the highest grossing horror movie ever released. Ever, ever. So crazy. So what? Where does that come <clears throat> from? Is it the fact that it is Stephen King, mm-hmm. but Stephen King done with a budget? I think so. I think so many people who grew up with the that the eighties or nineties miniseries can say, "Okay, cool. That's a great story. It was scary, 
but I want to see a rated R version of it. You know, I want to, I want it to go the extra mile. And so I think it was not only fans of the original fans of the book, because mm-hmm. they, of course they want to see how faithful that adaptation is because on both sides of that coin, you have the like, seeing like, go King. And then you have like, well, that's not like the book at all. You know? So uh, they're, they're waiting. So you have that already. And then you have the fact that people are now more afraid of clowns. Interestingly enough, yeah, we released a clown episode not too long ago mm-hmm. because there was that crazy clown epidemic mm-hmm. that went about. And now, update on that. Um, if you listen to it, I talked about the sketchy the clown. He came in uh, about a couple of months later after he came in in full clown, but he wasn't a clown anymore. He was just some sketchy dude, right? <laughs> of course, yeah. of course. Um, and <laughs> and then. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. That's okay. It was an update on the clowns. So. Yeah, update on the clown episode. But and the so. fact that that there was such an epidemic and almost like viral marketing in a way or just hyping the movie up. Yeah, uh, two things that are coming up in the news about the clowns. One, there's now an official killer clown. Have you heard about that? Mm. This lady dressed up um, as a clown and shot her husband's mistress in the face, Larry Moo, the Materno style, like the, right? Yeah, oh my right? God. But she was dressed up like a clown. Okay, so now they're like, so now like, killer clown on the loose or killer clown captured, right? And I'm like, that's not a killer clown. I mean, that's a killer who happened to be a clown, but it's not like a killer clown. So everybody calm down. They can be mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. And then did you hear that Burger King in Russia is trying to ban it? Because they say it's, it's one long promotion for, for fucking me. McDonald's. Like, oh, the king cannot have this. You know, just like. <laughs> in communist Russia. In communist Russia. Yeah. Burger King commands you. You have it his way. Right? <laughs> it's interesting that the fact that it's having a global impact at this point. Yes. Like, who would have thought? That that that, that this, I didn't think it would have done this well. Right, all over honest. the world. There's a fucking um. There's a YouTube prank show out of Brazil that I like to watch because they they're the ones that do those elaborate Hollywood pranks. Mm-hmm. And they had one where they had this little kid in a slicker and going like, "Pardon, ayuda, my balloon." Right? They'd come down a guy full on like spot on movie detail. It on a trampoline jumps out of the sewer and starts chasing the shit out of them. They tear out. It's hilarious. The clown comes back, does a couple of cartwheels and high fives Georgie, and then goes back hiding. And all meanwhile, the kid is just going, ah, get him, get him, get him, get him. It's hilarious. Of course you would enjoy it's that. Hilarious. Of course you it's would hilarious. enjoy that. <laughs> Such wish fulfillment going on right there. Uh, you know, that the, the little bit of curry also works a little bit of schadenfreude. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one of the interesting things in terms of the difference between the miniseries <laughs> and the new release, because they're distinctly they're totally different things at this yes point. yes you really can't compare the two Mm-mm. they're just night and day you you still can but they yeah no yeah no it's two different movies and i think it's for the betterment and the fact that i think mm-hmm. the biggest change that they did that it really Ooh. stood out to me <laughs> kitty or the lola there giving you a little how's your father uh is the fact that they updated it mm-hmm. they yes. went from the 50s into the 80s mm-hmm. which i think benefits it because let's face it everyone that watched this during the miniseries were their age in the 80s the age of the kids that are depicted in the film now exactly i was just thinking about the same thing i i was like okay well i didn't feel as connected to the kids because i wasn't like 
connecting with the kids from the 50s. I wouldn't right. fucking have to do with the 50s. But I felt connections with these kids because, like you said, that it's the they same. They were us they at were the time. Us. I mean, they even talked like us, you know, so... Let's let's talk a little bit about that. And so, into what I really like, it's Finn Wolfhard uh, mm-hmm. plays Richie. He's the one with the foul mouth. He's the one always talking about your mom and yeah. Did, did, what the fuck are we doing here? Now I got to kill this fucking clown. I heard people complain about that, but I loved it. I loved it because that he sounded just like me when I was a kid. He talked just like me, and and you know what? Did you hear that he got in trouble on Stranger Things because he couldn't like stop cussing? Oh, really? He was filming Stranger Things too after it, and he's like, "I'm gonna." And every time he'd do the line, he's like, "We're not the fucking Demogorgon," and just and they're like, "You gotta stop cussing." Can't go off script, man. Netflix, Netflix, right? So like, he kept getting in trouble. I well honestly. Honestly, that's the other interesting thing is you'll hear people say, well, of course it did well because they're aping Stranger Things. Have you heard that? I've heard that, too. And it's like, oh, goodness. Okay, just do a little bit more reverse engineering and you'll see it's quite the opposite. But no, um, I always felt like when I cursed as a kid that I was talking like an adult because I assumed all adults talked that way. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't you just throw out an F-bomb casually? You know, that's what you did. And so when you were around your friends, you were just potty mouth let's yeah. face it so there was a bit of realism with that that oh, i liked yeah. oh yeah and then just talking <clears throat> them just talking shit their own little distinct characteristics you know it uh, to me it, it it felt weird watching it because i felt almost like the losers club was like almost my version of inside out you know what i'm saying because you had the one that tries to be brave. Certainly. You have the one that's like always thinks he's sick. You know, the one that's like, like, uh, that's really freaked out. You have the, and my favorite, the foul mouth one. And then you had like the thick Lothario, but like always getting shot down. You know, I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I actually, was it, uh, that was Ben. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was great. Yeah. In this flick. No, the, the kids did great. I mean, the, the acting was spot on with the kids in the new They one. did a great job yeah. casting. Yeah. That's the one thing that can always make or break a film. But I definitely felt uh, I was I wanted to be in the Losers Club, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that interestingly enough, the fact that they're bullies uh, going from greasers to basically metalheads, which as a metalhead growing up, I didn't think that was a I'll say this. Henry would have listened to Slayer back in the day. Go back and listen to our Big Four episode. He would have been the kid with the Slayer shirt that I knew if I crossed him, even as a metalhead, he might cut me. And boy, he gets... He gets violent, but secretly he's listening to Tiny Tim when he goes on his sprees. Because that kid, I don't think... (laughs) That Tiny Tim? Yeah, that Tiny Tim. Not like, God bless us, everyone. Not that one. But like, um, I'm so happy. That one. Just as he's like fucking gutting a cat or something. I don't think it's just too much metal. I just think that he's like... Poe white crazy trash. He really and well the fact that you've had the the one bully wearing a Metallica shirt and then another <laughs> one wearing an Anthrax shirt, which I thought was a nice touch. And the fact they actually played Anthrax during the rock scene in the I know that's supposed to be set in a quarry, but it mm-hmm. looked like more of a stream area. Is that was that one's pulled from the book, right? Yeah. Okay. That no no that's that's now uh, let's go back about the rock scene. I yeah. had a little bit of issue, and this is going to be something that everybody's going to bring up about the CGI. Okay, so I really had no problem with the CGI at all. Really, mm-hmm. I thought it worked good. I thought some of the images were disturbing, but the one problem I did have with the CGI was during the rock fight. It just seemed—I don't know if there was CGI on it or not—but it just seemed 
not real. Like the, it looked like the kids were throwing fake rocks in front of green screen. Really? Yeah. And I saw this movie twice in the theater. Okay. Okay. And it ha- so it happened the first time, and it took me instantly out of the movie. And then. And then when I, I'm like, okay. Were you then, waiting? Did you watch it a little bit closer the second time? Mm-hmm, to see if it was. But see, the good thing about it is it took me out of the movie, but then it brought me right back in. So it was just like that scene. I'm like, I'm like kind of like, like, like Michael Myers dog heading it. Like, <laughs> right. So the second time I, I saw it again and I noticed it more so. And then I'm like, and then I'm like, I have no problem with the Pennywise CGI. I have no problem with the kills CGI. Mm-hmm. I have no problem. I think it's good CGI. I Overall, the clown yeah. did great. There was some definite disturbing vile scenes that i was like this is fantastic um but the that that rock scene that throwing rock scene just something about it looked so fake interesting i didn't even i was so caught up in the fact i was like oh they're playing anthrax this is great and i was enjoying i was wanting to be there i i'm gonna have to watch that again and take a look and see i don't know what it was if it was the lighting or what but it looked like the scene did not belong in the movie it looked like a 90s directive video scene it really did and i don't know if they're like cgi rocks so the kids don't get hurt but that's bullshit you know uh that's interesting because so that was my only really beef with the cgi and I had I actually didn't have an issue with it as well because I had heard people in terms of the complaints they were like eh, it's too reliant on it. I, it didn't take me out of it. No. In fact, I think they melded a little bit of both practical and CGI for the most part. I mean, mm-hmm. it's I'm, it's noticeable in terms of when he's doing the the jiggly kind of thing, this and that, editing tricks, what have you. But I liked it. Yeah. It worked well with the character because it's unsettling and he's unsettling and he's got to do unsettling shit, you know? Well, let me ask you this, and this is another interesting argument you hear now, the fact that it's done well, the fact Mm -hmm. that it received critical uh, praise... Then people say, "Well, it's not a horror movie. It's see, a- that's bullshit. It's not. It's not. What? Hold on. Finish. It's a horror. Oh movie. no! It's They'll a say it's a, um, a psychological thriller or a coming of age film with a scary clown. Well, that's bullshit. Okay, so here that is fucking bullshit. It's a horror movie. It's all those things through and through. It's a horror it movie. It is truly a horror movie. There's a evil demon clown." Eating children. If that's not fucking textbook horror story, what the fuck is? Okay? You're not going to put that in, like, rom-com at Blockbuster. Wow, I'm dating myself with that one. What's a Blockbuster genius? Right? Right. It's Netflix the store. (laughs) So... So, I mean, you wouldn't put it there. And so that's bullshit. I think they're just trying to take the horror power away. And don't get me wrong. It is a psychological coming of age story Mm -hmm. in a horror movie. Which is why I think it does so well. The fact that you actually kind of care for these characters. Absolutely. I'm not going to say they're well-developed, but they're developed enough that you do care for them. You're squiddly diddly in there again. Right. Um, No, you do grow to care about them. And the fact that then it's placed in and it's beautifully uh, shot. It's. Mm -hmm. Chung Hoon Chung was the cinematographer on this because there are some fantastic shots in this film. No, there's the, some... the lighting looks great. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think with the budget, with the pedigree you have, you do get something as good as we get. And the fact, and it's doing so well. And yeah. again, the fact that it's doing so well, you've got the detractors that come out, like with Silence of the Lambs. Right, you gotta have the haters. Oh, Silence of the Lambs. That's not a horror. Bullshit, it's not a horror movie. Bullshit, it's not a horror movie. Yeah, so I'm totally on board with that as well. Yeah. In fact, there were two scenes that l- legitimately gave me some shivers. The first with the Joy's G scene. That was hardcore. When you initially see the arm coming out after him, uh-huh. and then it cuts away really quickly. I thought that was very effective. Yeah. Like, if they had 
maybe you put too much on that arm, it would have taken, but it, I just saw enough of it that it unnerved me. That just unnatural mm, elongation. elongation. Yeah, that was great. And the other one? The projector scene. The pro- Yes, yes. Bull- okay, so those are the two most unsettling ones for me, but the one that got me the the, the biggest, that the, the projector scene, I was like leaning back in my seat. It was, was the reveal. I did not see that coming when he jumped out of the goddamn thing. As a goddamn giant. As a goddamn giant monster, right? He's like, God. And I'm like, whoa. I literally backed up and like, I was like, holy shit. It was intense. But the, the thing that it made me jump, go, wah, like that, is, when Beverly beats the shit out of her oh spoilers Beverly beats the shit out of her dad and she turns around and he's right there boom that jump scare like wow that guy came out of nowhere I liked that one another complaint that I heard people say is the reliance on jump scares no there wasn't that many jump scares there was like there was like maybe about four like decent jump scares the rest wasn't jump they were built up terrifying and you know what the part that I loved with Pennywise the, the scene that I loved the best the two of them was his most mirthful scenes the one where he's just out of nowhere just waving with that baby's arm he's he's like hi how you doing that unnerved me and it made me laugh at the same time and the same thing happened with when um they're in the kitchen and just and just after he comes out of the fridge he does that little shuffle that right and he just starts fucking with him like like he's gonna bite like right i was like this is an evil clown this exactly he's having fun with he's playing with his food he's like i'm like that is exact i'm not to say that that's what i would do if i was an evil clown and i was about to eat something but at the same time that little cartoony show like la, la, da, 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 do what you I'm would inject a little lunch. theater with it right like you ever had that time where you know you're about to eat something really fucking tasty and you're just happy about it you know like i'm going to have a sandwich da, 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 like, and then you're like i'm gonna bite you uh, no not yet oh uh, 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 not yet Ah, 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 right and just like fucking with them i was like that is brilliant brilliant bravo scars guard bravo we okay so we are 29 minutes in this is about the perfect time to say who do you who and again they're so different but mm-hmm. curry versus scars guard mm-hmm. in terms of their pennywise mm-hmm. how can you compare them i have thought about this extensively because i i've been Totally pro curry from the get. Yeah. But I have to say, as a monster, a creature of benevolence, of mirthful, monstrous thing, it has to be Skarsgård. However, as talking shit, as like interaction, you know, it has to be curry. Yeah. It's he, he Curry brought the voice, the like ah, the scariness in his mannerisms and his speak. So did so did Skarsgård, mm-hmm. but not to the extent of Curry. But when Curry had to do supernatural shit, his supernatural shit wasn't that great. So on on the other side of the coin, mm-hmm. when he has to talk and kind of like interact with the kids, Skarsgård is not that great. I mean, the Georgie scene is great, but it's no original, right? Uh, his talking with him is nowhere near. But when it comes to fucking with him and doing supernatural his shit, presence then he has curry and spades. He really does. So it's bittersweet. But I, I'm going to give them both a win. Yeah. You know? I, and I, let me ask you this also, just kind of looking at what it is, mm-hmm. um, this manifestation and so forth. Is the is it a Lovecraftian being? Is it a, is it an old one? It's the three dead lights. 
those little lights that were in his mouth, that's mm-hmm. him. That's okay. the original thing. So I don't know if he's all fully squiddly diddly. I think he's like just this presence. It's just this something wrong with the town and spirit of evil. Like, yeah. And that's what I like about the fact that there is that Derry itself is a character. The fact that Derry is almost complicit yeah. in everything that's going on with the Georgie scene. There's that really kind of harrowing where the old lady is out there. And she notices, she sees this kid out in the rain by the sewer grate, turns away, comes back. You just see that little pool of blood mm-hmm. and then just walks back in. Yep. Just even the cat don't do shit. No, no. It's just <laughs> the fact that when um, when once like, his bucket is getting terrorized by the bullies, when Ben's getting terrorized and that old couple, they just look and they drive on by. Yep. That to me is truly terrifying because again it's what happens when you're with humanity versus you know something that is made up humanity ultimately is usually so much worse yeah than what a pennywise the dancing clown can be there's 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 more henry bowden's than there are pennywise right and so that's i i'm kind of curious in terms of the and there's more um mr uh mr cleaver no beverly um beverly's dad or his yeah yeah there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of there's nothing's dark implied with there's, that. Yeah, there's a lot of dark things going on in that from the people in the town. Not just not just Pennywise. There's a lot of bad shit, and 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 I'm sure there's a lot of bad shit going on like that. So that's what makes it more terrifying. That's some real life horror it that is. they threw in. You it know? is. Uh, think about the film that came out not too long ago. We are still here. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of this bad, it's a bad house. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to. And it's just it's a. This is a bad town. Yeah. And what is it? He comes out what every 27 years. Mm-hmm. And I always I thought that was really interesting just because we have our own personal fears that, you know, in terms of they repeat themselves and no matter what you do, they're never defeated. They just slink away and then they manifest themselves again. And I think really in terms and I kind of wrote some of this stuff down, but just the some of the themes that they hit on in just the novel, the miniseries and the movie, but like racism, sexism, misogyny, uh, all of just this nasty stuff. That especially when you look at like the miniseries, you know, mm-hmm. set in the 50s, the fact that here we are in 2017 and we are dealing with this stuff almost Still. even worse now. Yeah. It's just something, it just manifests itself every so often yeah. and we have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And do we either get rid of it altogether or does it just slink away only to return again? Another 27 years. And whether that's a, a dancing clown, whether it's a leper, you know, however it Oof. manifests itself. You got to fight the evil, man. Right. And yeah. did you get a little excited when on the, the, uh, the cinema parquet, it said Nightmare on Elm Street five. Uh-huh. And when they were in the theater, I was kind of hoping Freddy Krueger would show up. Yeah. Because did you hear what they wanted to do? No. And you know, the scene where his hand turns into a werewolf, mm-hmm. right. To get the fear. Mm-hmm. They originally wanted his hand to turn into a Freddy glove. Cause it's new line. Yeah. They have the rights. Yeah. But they're like, uh, uh, would that have taken you out? Uh, no. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely not. But you know what? But that being said, I might have like it might have, but then I might have even got more anticipated. Like maybe Pennywise is Freddy, you know, or something oh, like yeah. that. But then, you know what? I might have to think about if it would have or wouldn't. I never really thought about that. Part the fanboy in me, of course, is like, oh, that's great. But yeah. also the realistic fanboy at Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five. Freddy is not scary at this point, right? Man. I'm sleeping with my little Freddy doll. Come on. <laughs> I didn't say that when I was in middle school, but you know, you uh, just had your shredded wheat moment right there, right? You know, like the frosty side of me wants Freddy Krueger, but the fiber of me thinks that. <laughs> like having those aha moments yeah, when they happen. You had your shredded wheat. Dude, that's well, your shredded wheat. Speaking of Nightmare on Elm Street, I really mm-hmm. thought there were a lot of thematic elements in, especially to the original Nightmare on Elm Street in terms of 
Pennywise feeding off your fear much ways. Absolutely. Freddie does. Yeah. So I'm curious if Andre Muschietti, would you be comfortable with him doing maybe a Nightmare on Elm Street? One of, you know, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. Someone's eventually going to reboot it again. Yeah. In fact, recent, do you see that Robert England wanted Kevin Bacon to play Freddy Krueger? Really? Yeah. He would be a good choice, actually. Because you know what? He makes a good villain. Kevin Bacon makes mm-hmm. a really good villain. I thought Doug Jones would be a good one. Doug Jones would If they would just work made really it well. shadowy. <laughs> you know? If like Freddie didn't say a lot. Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on now. It's Freddie. That's true. That's what people expect. But I really think he could do a good some service to either a remake or just something yeah. along those lines. Because Maybe I like, got I got true feelings of dread in this film. And see, that's one thing that people were saying that I've heard a lot of complaints about. That like, oh, that movie's not scary. That movie wasn't scary at all. I'm like, bullshit. There was a couple of really good... If you're looking for jump scares, it's not that kind of movie. There's a couple of good ones. There's something in there. There's a couple of good ones. But it's more of a feeling of dread throughout. Throughout the whole entire movie. Not, like you said, not just Pennywise, but the town itself. It it was a scary movie. And the fact that it would also show itself mm-hmm. in daylight. Yeah. You know, because with a lot of those films, especially scary movies, in the daytime you're okay, but it's at night when the scary stuff comes out. So when they, again, with Stephen King, obviously, <laughs> he's going to do shit that's going to unsettle you. Uh, he's going to scare the hell out of you. Right. <laughs> 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 Which let's let's face it, uh, Stephen King himself. Now the fact that he is so omnipresent, thanks right. to social media, and the fact that we now know what he's because back in the day when I saw Night Riders for the first time, I didn't know that was Stephen King as the yokel. Uh, when he he plays a great yokel though, doesn't he? he? Oh, he, he plays is, a great yokel. <laughs> he's spectacular at being a yokel and just meteor shit. Or, or even just like as a trucker, hey, what happened? Some guy got creamed. Just he's just a great just goof. He he does it well. God <laughs> love him for don't it. Call me an asshole. You know. Just <laughs> so before we end our talk on it, I want to throw this out to you. Um, it obviously manifests itself in your own deepest personal fears. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, did you see? The original Pennywise design in the room full of clowns. I did, and okay. I liked that clown room. I liked that scare. That was a good scare. So I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. And again, I'm not a, I'm not afraid of clowns. So when Me they neither. entered, the, I was immediately going, okay, I, they have to have that in there as an Easter there was egg actually, somewhere. There was actually more. There was I, found, I think was there Bozo in there? No, 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 no. I found like five Pennywises in that scene. Really? I totally did. Oh, I only saw the one at the very end that was kind of like the blatant Mm-mm. one when he walks right in the doorway. Okay, there's those like cameo looking pictures of him. One of them is fucking um, Pennywise, Tim Curry, Tim Curry, mm-hmm. uh, his mm-hmm. fucking full face, but at the half of the face that you see on like the cover and shit. Right, okay. Right? There's another one, a bigger picture, but it's Tim Curry's Pennywise in an Emmett Kelly form. And then there was the doll in this, of course, the big doll. Mm -hmm. And then there was another one that had sad eyes. And he was a a smaller doll. And he was on one of the pedestals on the left side of the thing. That's crazy. I did not realize there were so many in there. Yeah. So if you go look, there's like like four or five Pennywises. Another reason to revisit again, just in terms of... (laughs) Needless to say, I liked this movie. I I, I enjoyed it. That's ultimately... Would you recommend this? Fuck yeah, I would recommend this movie. And everyone has seen it, and then some. The only people who should not see this movie is if they have a definite thing against kids getting killed. Because yeah. I know a lot of people like once you see that that's it's it's curtains. 
And a lot of fucking kids get killed in this movie. This is a so. movie built around the killing of kids, mm-hmm. as it were. And if you're afraid of clowns, go fucking see this. this is, it'll either cure you or make you worse. You know, one of the two. So Immersion therapy. Mm-hmm, you know? Exactly. <laughs> they need to do that. They need to do that. They need to have, like, like you think you're going to one of those um, isolation chambers, but you wind up just being in an isolation chamber with that being played. Oh, God. Woo! That would cure your clownism or okay. make you insane. Well, what does, uh, what does it manifest itself to you to scare young genius mm-hmm. when well, genius was in middle school well first of all when genius was in middle school or genius to, now you know what kind of the same thing that's what's going to happen in chapter two here mm-hmm. so yeah let's examine that okay so uh kind of the same thing what it is well first of all he lives in the sewers and that's already <laughs> out the gate right it could yeah just it right? could be just a normal person in the sewer just with the and i'm done of chuds. yeah he could be it, it, it could be like a regular person like hey i'm trapped you're gonna stay trapped you know <laughs> bye right so he's already got that thing going on that check one off that one um pennywise would um get me through the sewers or as an he would burst apart as an army of rat clowns <laughs> I was imagining the rats, but I didn't imagine a rat clown. Because think about it. I mean, he's fucking Pennywise. So why, why wouldn't he have like little clowns with like, rats with big smiles and gnarly teeth and like little makeup and shit? And they would just drag me into the sewers. That's frightening. Yeah. That's that, horrific. That's that's how Pennywise. Would. Well, first of all, he ain't going to get that close because <laughs> I'm not going to take anything. I think from, we know you'll. Right. And so, like, there you've seen those memes that I'm like, what would you right. Pennywise? With? And there's too much shit. There's too much shit for me to like, well, let's see. You know, <laughs> I'm going to start na- just naming off random uh, bacon. Um, <laughs> the three B's. Uh, you know, just just start naming off like, the hedonistic them. playlist, right? Just just naming off. And Pennywise Anything. is like, I can only do so much. Yeah. You know, <laughs> come on now, <laughs> right? But I know that's how Pennywise would get me, and I would be Damn. totally alone, and it would be at night, and for some reason, it would be on the outskirts of the forest and the city. Damn, you're you. This is very detailed. Have you given thought to this before? Yes, because like you know, I don't want to go out into the forest anyway. So being dragged by the sewer into the forest, you know what I'm kind of that. That's even yeah. worse. He's, and because I that's already I don't like that. He's feeding on the fears, right? And then alone because I hate being solitary. Sometimes you know, it's like that's one of my adult fears. Yeah, you know. Um, and so I would be totally alone in the dark because I hate being totally pitch black you know I, I like at least a little bit so i can get some of my bearings because then it makes me feel like i'm in the, in the upside down True. not the upside down um it's get out mm-hmm. oh okay like yeah because i had that drowning fear so it's that feeling of nothingness around me that's so, frightening yeah so that's like that's all my fears adults and child mixed in into one it scenario if we can if we could uh resurrect bernie wrightson to illustrate that that would be very frightening yeah. that's that's horrific man <laughs> that's that's the kind of shit that plays off into my head dude that's that's like genius's drive-in and yeah again and that's your survival guide as well so you <laughs> right? know not to go down that that rabbit hole if you will no, sewer, sewer hole game. yeah <laughs> damn clown hole so yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking at this point if when i was probably in middle school at that point it would either have to be Probably either the shape uh-huh. he would manifest as Michael Myers. Would it be a clown Michael Myers? Would it be like kind of Michael Myers, but maybe like mm. the red with a little bit of like... 
Or he would do the 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 happy the, and the, the sad. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, Potentially, he would have to. I would assume because yeah. you know he wouldn't want to get uh, sued by John Carpenter. Yeah, um, cool. <laughs> Stop clowning around. <laughs> um, or potentially maybe. He, they, he could actually be like a Russian just because I was still there was still such the Cold Duh. War scare. Right. Totally. And actually w- would shit. You like a balloon <laughs> with with float. We we, it's mandatory to float down here. When you're down here, you float all to gulag. <laughs> Done. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't need my oh Billy moment with that, man. That's fr- that's even worse. And honestly, I think now just current day, I think it would be nature. Just because I've been battling this, the tree in my backyard, mm-hmm. so it, like it would maybe poltergeist. A Cosby Willow, you're the, oh, no, no, oh no, oh no. Let's let's. It'd be, hope. A, it'd be a combination of the Cosby Willow from Poltergeist and the clown from Poltergeist. Oh, Jesus, let's hope Sam Raimi's not directing. Like, it, like the so branches no. would be all like striped. Oh, that's true. That's true. Mm. Dun, 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 dun. We get. Oh my God. So yeah. So one way or the other, it's going to get you. So that being said. Obviously, we enjoyed it, but what are some of our... Because so many King novels have been adapted, whether, mm-hmm. you know, miniseries t- for the for television, films, uh, shit, uh, comics, you right. know, in many ways. Do you right. have any favorites yes. off the top of your head? Yep. Off the top of my head, um, two that come to my mind. One is Maximum Overdrive. That's on my list as well. And I... <laughs> fucking love that movie. I will admit up front, it's not a good movie. No, but it's... It's not a good movie, so but... It's so much fun. It is so much fun. You know, I people are like, don't make me a widow on our wedding day, right? I love it. I love it because I just picture Lisa Simpson just like, you know, don't just getting <laughs> Pat Hingle playing the ultimate greasy diner owner, uh-huh. man. Just I don't pay you to dwaddle, you know. Just <laughs> I half expected anytime like uh, uh, Guy Fieri goes to a diner or drive in that there's going to be a collection of weapons underneath that he's going to just stumble upon. That yeah. a wild rocket launcher? What the hell? <laughs> Because and Maximum Overdrive is Stephen King so coked out mm-hmm. he doesn't remember shooting a lot of that film, <laughs> which I think you could actually see on on screen for the most part. This cocaine calling me an asshole. <laughs> I'm gonna snort it anyway. <laughs> uh, you've got the ACD soundtrack. And who they, made who? Yeah. They in the fact they made that for Stephen because Stephen King's a huge metal fan. He's always been a rock fan, which again love him for that. Right. Um, <laughs> I have to admit, uh, one that on the kind of the opposite end. Um, I've always been a big fan of Cujo. Oh yeah. And specifically, D. Wallace's Stone performance in that. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, she's she's a hell of an actor. Yes, yeah, she is. She regardless yeah, she, of what yeah, she, she does. Yes, yeah, she is. That's why I'm kind of anxious to see Red Christmas. Red Christmas. Right. She's in it. I mm-hmm. love what she does. But, no, I'm a fan of hers. Uh, just the fact that you do have man's best friend turning against you, right? And even in that film, when you've got little uh, Jonathan Pintaro, freaking Danny for uh, no, um, Jonathan from uh, Danny Pintaro, Jonathan from Who's the Boss? Jesus Christ! Uh, just when he starts going into his fits at the end, when they're trapped, yeah, all and of that he can't is, breathe, and he just starts doing all that, and the yeah, no, that took me over the edge, and even seeing it recently, it still holds up. Yeah, it's a good flick. It's a really good flick. What's another one that you like? Creep Show. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is that really an adaptation though? That's just pretty much original work inspired by EC. So would that be mm-hmm. considered an adaptation? I don't know. I wouldn't mean like I don't know. It's it's, it's tough to say, right? It's Stephen King and I like it. 
<laughs> we'll count it. We'll okay. count it. So an interesting thing. One of my favorite things in the Maximum Overdrive trailer is when Stephen King's like, many have tried to you know, right? bring Stephen King to the screen. Right. <laughs> the people that have brought, the, the masters have brought Stephen King to yeah. the screen. David Cronenberg did The Dead Zone. It's Cronenberg. And yeah. I haven't seen The Dead Zone in a while. Yeah, it's been a minute and for Christopher me. Christopher Walken's in that one. He's, you know, the ice is going to break. All that kind of <laughs> good shit. Uh, Brian De Palma did Carrie. Mm-hmm. And that one really holds up well. Actually, that one holds up like gangbusters. Isn't Raising Cain um, a Stephen King one or is it based That's on... That's De Palma, I know, but I don't think it's based on a Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Call us out on that. <laughs> on right. Like, Kubrick did King. The Shining, and, and, and much much to King's chagrin, King never liked that. Absolutely not, hated just, it, hated it. He always said an atheist should not be making The Shining. That was one of his biggest complaints with Kubrick. Really? And yeah, interestingly enough, uh, fucking Toby Hooper, uh huh, did Salem's Lot, mm-hmm. The Mangler, mm-hmm. uh, John Carpenter. Hey, how are we going? Christine. Want to make a movie about a car. It's Which had awesome. a nice turnout the other night, actually. Really? A nice walk-up crowd. People seeing it for the first time. It was nice. really rad. It nice, was, nice, nice. And it still it still holds up. That one holds up well. Um, George Romero also did The Dark Half. Mm-hmm. So that's actually an adaptation. Yeah. And uh, Monkey Shines. Yes. Yeah. Which is another good one. Do you have an underrated king? Uh, I'm a little upset that Craven never got to do a King adaptation. Yeah. Because he's kind of one of the, the the masters that didn't. Um, underrated. Actually, I like Needful Things. Me too. I, I really like one. Needful Things. I, I like it. Max von Sydow. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, hu- a huge cast of characters. Really good. Um, and it, it hosta- I, that one holds. I see it on TBS all the time. Yeah. So I probably haven't seen it unedited in a while. It's kind of like um another uh, the Shawshank Redemption I probably haven't seen that unedited or uncut in ages but whenever mm-hmm. I see it on TNT I just I get dragged in and I watch it same thing with Needful, th- needful yeah. Things no matter when it's on or what point I'm going to watch the rest of it Um, there was a really good one that flew under the radar called The Night Flyer mm. did you ever see that one with Miguel I Ferrer I saw the, the still with the yeah. vampire-ish looking thing it's a really it's Miguel Ferreira yeah it's yeah definitely um, it's a good slow burn, solid single story vampire story. It's really good. Okay. It's really good. Did Mick Garris do that? I believe he did. Of course, he did. Tom, he's done Tommy Knocker. Anytime ABC was going on, and it's not a Tommy Knock on Mick Garris, if you will, because right. he does no, he really makes good great work. stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's we we need someone to adapt King. You know what? And the people who adapt King, who like kind of that's their thing, mm-hmm. do really well with it. Yeah. I mean, for example, um, Darmont. Oh yeah, with Shawshank. Shawshank, Green Mile, and The Mist, and yeah. he he even improved on the God the, the Mist. That's right. He even improved on that. Where Stephen King was like, "That was great." That I, ending was I, great. I disagree. I still like the book ending or the novella ending yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but that is that's actually that's one of my favorite short stories that he did. The Mist. That one still scares me to this day. Just his description of the storm coming in. Uh, just the fact that scene at the very end when mm-hmm. they see the Lovecraftian thing, which I thought they actually represented really well on screen yeah and that black and white version so much better that's the way to watch isn't it movie. isn't it yeah. that, that's so good because it does mask the cgi yeah but it also gives Enhances it that old school that, feel yeah yeah definitely it's a really good one there's a lot of good movies that are black and white there's a lot of good king movies and i, I hope they i hope they don't 
overdo it. They've already, I think, didn't they say they already announced something along with like Pet Cemetery getting yeah, a remake? Pet Cemetery is going to re- be remade, which they want Andy Muschietti to do. Which okay. I can see that. But I think it's a different king. It's a it's a different vibe. It really it's, is. It plays on different themes, and I think you need for different themes, you need different directors. Well, Mushi, he's gonna be doing the sequel, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's another uh, 1922 that just got announced on Netflix. Mm-hmm. There's a Gerald's Game that came out. That comes, yeah, that comes out soon. Actually, that looks crazy, and yeah. it's got Carla. Yeah, <laughs> it's got your girl Carla. But, <laughs> um, so there's a lot. But I just hope they don't like overdo it with too much Stephen King and made do bad ones because now you even have a King um, you have a Stephen King uh, cinematic universe now coming on with mm-hmm. uh, not only Castle Rock but there was another st- the, the Mist got cancelled mm-hmm. which was good because I don't like that show very much I, I gave it a try yeah but yeah uh, yeah. Well, no, no it's, it's it's the fact that there is so much to pull from that I am afraid that now every studio, since it's made money, mm-hmm. they're going to, well, we need the next Stephen King adaptation. Right, right. And hopefully they'll do it justice. Hopefully, but then you'll have, you'll get some bullshit. Yeah. No, I it's going to happen. Not, not all not all kings are good kings. No, there's, no, no, there's, <laughs> and I'm not a big, the biggest Family Guy fan, but I remember they did this little bit where he's going into his publisher and he's like, ah, oh, it's going to be about a killer uh, lamb. Lamb monster. Rawr. And God bless him for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually, one of his recent works, I did read Cell, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was decent. And again, it worked great. Beginning, middle, eh, kind of petered out yeah. the end. Did you uh, see the movie? I didn't, actually. And that's with um, John Cusack. John Cusack and Sam Samuel Jackson. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. But then the one I also really enjoyed was Desperation, uh-huh. which is he wrote as Richard tack, Bachman. Tack, tack. Which that one had an adaptation with. With Ron Perlman. I haven't seen it. I did. I saw it on TV when it came out, and I didn't read. I haven't read the source material for it, so it was kind of lost. Cut a lot of things, but I thought <laughs> Ron Perlman did really good because it's, it's Ron, Ron Perlman, Perlman exactly. So yeah, no, there's uh, like, that just shows you um, how much there is out there that we probably haven't even touched. Yeah, family friendly King. There's uh, Langoliers, the made for TV stuff. You know, just the little time traveling little thing little evil Pac Man. Yeah, yeah. So now there's just so much out there, guys. I encourage you to pick up pick up a book. <laughs> <laughs> go to go. You can find them, but, you don't, so to, cheap. but you don't have to take my word for yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> we promote literacy here. Come on now, physical media. But honestly, there's so much out there. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Um, if it because I think it's still in the theaters at this point. Oh, definitely, it's still. It's and got it word of mouth. Be in the theater for. And yeah. so we'll, you know, I'm anxious to see now at this point the sequel. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, Me too. who do you, do you have any? Uh... <sighs> no, actually, I don't. I, I I would prefer them to go with unknowns again because uh-huh. I think that'll be a better draw because this already so has enough of word of mouth uh-huh. and people are clamoring for it. I hope they don't overdo it with stars, super big names. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Although I wouldn't mind seeing, because um, no spoilers, and the, but one of the kids are going to get off really early, really early mm-hmm. as adults. Mm-hmm. I wish it would be Bradley Cooper. Really, not because like, not because like I want Bradley Cooper to die. This ain't FMK. <laughs> this is, <laughs> but more that no one is safe. Yeah, a big name, and then kind of like what uh, Alfred Hitchcock did with Psycho. Just Absolutely. give him the biggest name, and then off. You know? That's what happens when you mess with DJ Ski Mask. It's, it's <laughs> one of those things. So, again, guys, check out what you can. Book, media, what have you. Yes. Uh, his audiobooks. Uh-huh. If you've got a week to kill, you can get through one of them, you know, and that's listening to it, you know, 24 hours a day. Uh, but, you know, pr- support your, your physical media where you can. Most definitely. So, until next week, gang, this is Greg D. <laughs> and I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. We all float. Ha, <laughs> ha,